Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Twin Peaks Season 2, Episode 6, it's called Demons, full spoilers for the episode as always. First of all, apologies that this episode is so bloody late, uh, we were meant to do two a week, we ended up skipping last weekend because, well, Iron Fist on Netflix took up a lot of time and I have you have no idea how much it hurts me to have to put off Twin Peaks to watch more Iron Fist because that's show it's been a rough week because of that it's been a rough week lots of things have been knocked back Star Trek took a week off because of it other things have taken a week off it's been a hectic week because of Netflix giving us 13 episodes to do and then Connor was kind of under the weather the last couple of days so even though this wasn't supposed to be happening on Thursday it got pushed on a couple of days so here we go Saturday which does mean you're getting another one of these tomorrow Lucky you. Later tomorrow, but there'll be another one tomorrow, so we keep this to a week schedule. Uh, and we will make up for the one we missed last week, with a third in one week. Uh, not this week, because obviously we're late as it is this week, but uh, sometime in the coming weeks we'll have a three in one week uh, to make up for that. So, uh, yes, yeah, episode 6, scene 2. We left off last time with uh, Howard, with these, uh, his little trill, his little fork, his gardening fork, and he was going all mental. Uh, we started off this one with James rushing in and saving them. However... They did not get a hold of the secret diary. They did not. Nah. Uh, Howard Smith grabbed that and started going crazy with his flowers. <laughs> and screaming and saying weird things and doing all that. Pretty much. Uh, which led to probably the cheesiest line of dialogue in the show so far. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this before I say it. Uh, uh, I may have an inkling. So they get outside and the Maddie goes drives off or she drove enough yet, I can't remember, but James and Donna, and James, she's like, oh, I need to apologise, and I need to apologise, blah, 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 we're making up. And he says, and I'm, I might be getting it slightly off here, but I just feel that if we could put our two hearts together, we'd be fine and safe forever. It was something to that effect. And it was a little bit cringeworthy, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like, just a touch. James, did you just say that out loud? Did we, <laughs> was, was that like your, like... 10 year old poetry coming out like that was a poetry class you had back when you were like 10 and you know, Jesus Christ uh, so they're all made up uh, and Maddie's actually going back home because she only came to town for the funeral and yeah. it's time to go she's she's done playing detective with them it's kind of a shame ah she'll be back I'm sure she will I have no, I have no doubt she'll be back but uh, meanwhile of course we also had Cooper rescuing Audrey uh, from one eye Jack's last episode, so we get more of that. They realise that she's been given heroin, and he goes back to her father, back to Ben, and he's like, "I got your daughter," and it's all very weird and unsincere. He, I mean, Ben almost seems more concerned with the fact, "Oh, you brought my money back. My money's still fine." Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. I, I didn't need to spend my money. He's, he's yeah. kind of that's the bit he's most happy about. Yeah, but the great thing about that scene though is that as he tells him where she was and who was behind it. And brings up one-eyed Jacks and like you know Blackie was involved. Just watching the reactions. Yeah, Ben's reactions and like him holding back his actual like anger because yeah. wait a minute she's supposed to be working for me. Yeah. <laughs> like all of that, him holding all that back in was great. There was a lot of good Ben scenes in this one actually because he, he had a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, the J- Japanese man. Uh, well, let me catch the name for you. Uh, it's hard to remember when it's a foreign name. Uh, Tojamura, which by the way I was noticing things about Tojamura this episode. I don't know mm. if you were picking up on this year, but ever since he showed up, he ha- he's had this very sort of cliched kind of stereotypical look, and he has that this really fake mustache. This... Yeah, I was thinking, is this a woman? 
I was thinking the same thing. It's the voice as well. It's like the the put on gravelly deep yeah. voice. I was noticing it a lot in this one that this this feels like a woman. Especially is this also this weird thing where the head and the body don't seem to match. Like like they've bulked up the shoulders with stuff to mm. make them look a bit more masculine, but the head's not quite matching it. And unfortunately, when I scrolled down the IMDb to see who, see who was playing him, I now know who's playing him. <laughs> and not only is it a woman, it's a character we know. Oh. Would you like to know who it is? <laughs> well, might as well. We're on the same same page then. All right, uh, it's Catherine, who we've not seen since season one. She she yeah. is apparently died in the fire. That's that's what everyone thinks right now. Yeah. Which actually makes the fact that uh, he or she has a scene with Pete in this episode, which was actually very funny. Might I add, uh, Pete it trying was. to make small talk and like offering a drink, and which they say his cold glass of milk uh, was deeply amusing. But it's especially funny now that I know that it's actually her. Yeah. Of course, yeah, this is me assuming that it is actually her character. But it makes sense because the way she, the way he's like trying to like get into the whole deal and extort him for money, and mm. although she's kind of offering him Ben money at this point, but the way she's like putting her nose into this particular deal makes me think it is actually her and that she's yeah. up to something. She's trying to get back at him for putting her under the bus. I'm glad I'd noticed that it was a woman, though, in this one, because otherwise yeah. this would have felt like a big, massive shock before I'd got to any episode. Oh, but... yeah, sure, sure. Uh, it, it was it was this one, because I think we got more screen time this episode. Yeah. And it was just, it was just I was noticing things. It was, it was especially the proportions. Less so the voice, it was the fake moustache and the proportions of the shoulders not matching the uh, head. I was like, yeah, yeah, someone's doing a character here. This is someone pretending to be this you know, person. You know the scene at the bar? I was wondering if he knew that it was a woman and he was hitting on her. <laughs> I was like, because he seen through this? Maybe we could argue, oh, it's his wife, it's true love, because he recognises her, even under... Like, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe yeah, he doesn't yeah. know he recognises her, but deep yeah. down he feels that it's her, and that's why yeah. he's, he's making the effort. I Honestly, I like to think that, even if I can tell it's really a woman, I probably wouldn't bother trying to chat up someone who's got a fake moustache on. <laughs> just, just I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't know where this person is. What they want in life. I mean, clearly, it's a fair point. It's a very fair this, point. This is a very confusing time, presumably for them. I, I don't know, I, but I, I can't argue with that. By the way, I just I've just glanced over at the IMDb. The actor who plays Hawk, his last name's Horse, which I think is wonderful. It's a great name. I just, it's just uh, Michael Horse is his name. I just, it's just funny that his characters get like an animal in it, and then his real name's actually Horse. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, so that's all going on. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Josie's being forced back to Hong Kong, and mm. presumably uh, is forced into a sexual kind of encounter with uh, the triad guy who's been who's been kicking around, and he's the one forced, and he even threatens to kill Truman if she doesn't leave tonight. Yeah, and Truman kind of walks in on her like on her way out, and they. They sort of believe it kind of there with him, like forcing a conversation. He's like, "No, you leave us alone. I'm talking to her because I love her." And she's like, oh, "And forget about me." And she leaves. And, yeah. Uh, I don't think it'll be the last we see of her. I mean, I could be wrong, but yeah, I'd be surprised if it was. It feels like a weird way to end that story. Otherwise, yeah, I especially since. I have no doubt that this triad story has to come back into play. Like you, you, you wouldn't spend this time introducing it if it was just going to leave it, and never come back. Exactly, it's got to have a purpose. Yeah, so I can see it definitely into into more stuff in in that respect. Um, 
so obviously I, I think obviously I'm saving the last part, the most exciting part for the the end, of course. Um, but that was we had the scene with uh, Ed and not uh, Norma Nadine. Uh, she still thinks she's in high school and she's still acting that way. There wasn't really much else that happened in that scene. It was just kind of she's still acting this way. That, yeah. yeah, it's just reminding us it's a thing. The comedy of this episode though came from the the Leo portion of the story. Well, it had to come from somewhere without any Lucy around still. That is true. Lucy's still missing. Not even Andy's even missing actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah, they're both not there this time. Oh, shame. What a shame. But so so Lucy's. Sorry, not Lucy. Not Lucy. You, you put Lucy in my head. <laughs> yeah. So so we have we have Leo and he's come home and Bobby's wheeling him in and they're they're getting their money but they're shocked and appalled to find that it's only seven hundred dollars because the rest all goes to the expense of like the medical equipment and the treatment and everything else that is needed. Yeah. So they're pretty pissed about that. But what I love about this is not only is it really funny them putting like a kazoo in his mouth and like dancing around him and all this, you know, his head falling in the cake. There's something wonderfully suspenseful about thinking that Leo might be faking and might be watching. It's not even, I don't even think he's faking, but I think he's just aware and he's okay. slowly, slowly getting feeling back. But that's the thing though. Slowly going to be able to move. When she thinks he moves or when he sort of like moves just a little bit and she thinks he's waking up, as it were. Yeah. It, it's like, oh shit, like... Is it weird? I think it's the guy's best acting. <laughs> and not, it's not more subtle. Say, yeah, obviously, because before we point out how, how over-the-top and cliche he was, whereas here he just kind of sits there and stares off, and every so often there's just a little movement. And I don't know, it's working for me. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um, but no, that, that's, that's interesting stuff. I'm, I'm curious to see how that will wrap up. Will he wake up at some point? Yeah, as, and will he be aware of something as simple as Bobby flicking his nose and just, just and, the and, little and, things? And just how does he deal with that? What does he do? Is he murderous rampage? Is what I, th- I think. We're probably that, that's that's the logical you know thing that you leap to here. Uh, half but... the characters in the show are probably doomed once he wakes up and he goes on a <laughs> on a Hulk mode across Twin Peaks. Oh dear! Uh, but no, all all, all very amusing. Uh, but of course, we've avoided the main plot here, which of course is. Cooper and the sheriff and the investigation and what's going on. David Lynch shows up in this episode as as Gordon, as uh, Cooper's superior, who we've heard his voice before, but he shows up here and he's got this thing where his hearing's really bad, so he's got these aids that basically, this looks like he's listening to a Walkman. It does look like that, yeah. But he talks really loud and he needs people to speak up. So he asked for privacy to talk to talk to Cooper and they got to the sheriff's office, but they're shouting so loud that Truman and Hawk are just out in the police station and they're like, we can hear every word they're I love, saying. I love how Truman goes in. He's like, you know we can hear everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a running joke where they, they'll suggest something and they'll say, we'll go in the office, we'll go, we'll go do this. And then Gordon will loudly suggest that, having not heard it, like he'll yeah. repeat it and go, you know what we should do? We should go into the sheriff's office. Uh, but no. uh, so that, that's pretty funny and it's funny because I was almost I mean I enjoyed the episode but it was mostly just it was mostly the soapy sort of elements that were all advancing it was all the yeah. you know bit of triad plot bit of Josie leaving bit of yeah a lot of the relationship stuff Audrey coming back although that said I really did like Audrey saying that she wanted to be taken home with Cooper and like she, she like her being happy that she came for him like it was, it was sweet it was adding back into that sweet relationship yeah. that they've they've been kind of building uh, but most of it was this. Uh, there was one scene in the middle, of course, where, where Hawks caught the one-armed man. They've got the one-armed man. He's here. Yeah. 
And up until the, the last chunk of the episode, I was thinking, all right, this is another one of these episodes where it's advancing all the plots, but there's not going to be... Yeah, yeah, you were thinking, we'll get that next episode. Yeah, we're, we're going to have the big mythological element added into it, this one. But then we have this scene at the end, this interrogation scene with the one-armed man, and they start asking him questions. But the main thing that happens, of course, is that they refuse him his medication. Yeah, and do you know what? Do you remember when when it was the episode where we saw him with the drugs in in the mm. the, the toilet and uh, in the cubicle? And I was like, oh, I thought he was going to come out as the other one. And yeah, and a weird. You were wrong, but you were right at the same time. Yeah, like it, during this, I still thought like up till the moment because you know he puts his head back. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. And I thought, is he going to come up as Bob? A bit of the long hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really thought it was going to happen. But what actually happened is this: who he's keeping away is not actually is not actually Bob. He's keeping away Mike. He's keeping away the version of him that we've seen in Cooper's dream. And we find out that he needs his physical body to inhabit. He needs to come into his body to be in this world from wherever he's from. Cooper tries to ask, of course, and he brushes it off. like, oh, you're not ready for that knowledge or whatever. And it seems that Bob is the same way. Like He's behind probably the death of Laura and stuff going on. But there has to be a physical person that he's taking over to do it. Which then begs the question, is that person guilty of the murder? <laughs> yeah. But then also he says, oh, only those can see his true face who are who are blessed or, or gifted. blessed or gifted. Because we've, gifted. Ta- we've talked about yeah. Laura seeing things before as has her mother. Yeah, gifted or damned. Or damned. Uh, Maddie could also see him. So I'm assuming she's gifted. Because again, same family. You would maybe yeah. add Cooper, up. Yeah, obviously gifted. Gifted. Uh, but damned is like well, like Pulaski, like in the hospital bed. Is she damned? Is that why she's she's getting exactly. glimpses of him? Uh, interesting, interesting stuff. But it, I mean, admittedly, it didn't give us a whole lot of new information. But it, it kind of reaffirmed a lot of stuff, and especially when Cooper started repeating the little sort of uh, poem that he said, yes. his little message in the dream, and then Mike joins in and he yeah, finishes yeah, it yeah. with him. Like it just it reiterates everything. It, it gives us all this stuff. And so I was like, oh, you gave me an exciting thing at the end of the episode. This is, this is nice. It's, it's very literally tying the two worlds together of, of the two th- sort of elements of the plots that we've had in the past. And it's kind of bringing them together into into one room and going, right, this is how they fit. Yeah, it also, I think what it does, it, it does confirm that there's another place. There are these, Mike and Bob are coming from somewhere else. And it also confirms that Mike and Bob used to be partners. And presumably until Bob went crazy or evil or whatever mm. they were partners in some way and it ended and it seems like mike actually took off the one man's arm off like and that it wasn't yeah. his physical body it was this guy's physical body but he's cut he's the one that's cut it off because he saw the face of god uh is that why he is because he's here to try and stop bob he's a soldier for good whereas bob's a soldier for evil maybe i just don't know it does that that's what it feels like if I had to guess, but I don't trust this show not to to spin me around on all that. And are they aliens? That's that's or, the real question. Isn't or it? are these things not aliens, but the giant was? Yeah, yeah. Are, are, are they even related? Yeah, is the giant just a help from somewhere else trying to help Cooper make sense of this? But that's not related to where Mike and Bob come from. <laughs> that would really mess things up, wouldn't it? But yeah, so so we find out that so Bob is around and Bob is presumably inhabiting someone, 
And we even find out where. He says, they're in a, a large wooden house with lots of rooms, but different souls occupy the rooms. And obviously, I mean, I got it as he was saying, this is a hotel, this is the Great Northern. But just, just in case you don't get it, Cooper finishes the episode with the Great Northern Hotel. And it cuts to a shot of the hotel before we go to, before we go to the credits. Yeah. So we know the killer is in there. It's a lot of rooms, though, so there's a lot of people. Yeah, but someone also took a shot at Cooper. We still don't know who that is. We don't. We got a little... Uh, they, they just talk about the, the fibres, so they, yeah, they're, they're a, edging closer. They'll, yeah. they'll maybe look into that now. Yeah, there's a, there's a little sort of sign, say, forensic stuff mentioned, but nothing, nothing meaty that's worth... Really no, no, just into. more that it's going, oh, they've got some information that they can now progress with, so it's like they can look further into it now. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, the ending was exciting because obviously it gave us this big thing, okay, the killer, so it is is Bob, but he wears a human face, and he, no one else can see who it's really him. So this makes me wonder, though, like, if if you got uh, Maddie or Laura's mum in a room with the person who Bob's inside of, would they just see Bob? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, would Cooper? Yeah, Cooper might. I don't know, but, yeah, he might. Interesting stuff. Yeah, interesting. Did you see the uh, the Entertainment Weekly covers this week? Of uh, they've got photos of the new season. I did not. No, no, uh, they're all looking quite old. <laughs> was my first thought. I'm like, that. I mean, it's been a while. I know, but I mean, they weren't that old when they. I mean, it's been 25 years, I suppose. But I mean, some of them were, weren't necessarily young. I know, but I'm thinking like, I mean, obviously we've we've seen uh, Shelley on Riverdale, so I know what she looks like now anyway. But yeah, even yeah. Audrey was looking quite old in the cover, and. I, I wonder if it's just bad lighting. I feel like they, they've mm. lit them really poorly because they all look really bad. And I, oh, really? And I don't think they actually... Because I've seen Kelly McLachlan and all that stuff. He was on S.H.I.E.L.D. not that long ago. Like, I, I know oh, what he looks so like you, now. I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's, what, pushing 60 now? Give or take? He wasn't that old when he did this, was he? I mean... It... Maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he is. I'm sure he's around 60-ish now. He may, he may be. Yeah, no, you're probably right because I know he was dating Lara Flynn Boyle during Twin Peaks. Yeah, that was a while a, ago. Obviously. And she's a bit younger. Yeah, it's been 25 years. Yeah, 35ish. Eh, okay, yeah, it kind of adds up. But they just—they all look really old, and it's mm. and James is bald now, which. <laughs> oh really? I was not expecting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of makes sense, but it still always throws you, doesn't it? Yeah, it's been so long. But what I love though is they've got him in his leather jacket from the show, so it's like uh, it's so him. Oh, we know who he is. Yeah, but it's him. But he's like bald and old, and it's like, oh, this is weird. Uh, but no, have to go and take a look at these. Yeah, no, it's amusing. It's amusing. Uh, but no, that's uh, that's episode six of season two. We will be back. I promise. Unless, well, I mean, Connor could get ill again, but <laughs> hopefully not. I'd I'd, ra- I'd rather not be. We'll be back probably late tomorrow, and knowing us, that might even mean early Monday. But we will be back with another one of this uh, in the next day or so. So let us know what you thought of this episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mild underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen for everyday ramblings. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next time.